0: Gasland, you have shut your dial once again to CSWR episode 50! Woo! 50! Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> we don't have any high-tech... Uh yeah, sound effects we're going to bring in right now, I don't think. But, yeah, we are really, really glad you guys have all tuned in. Thank you for sticking with us for all 50 episodes. We are now going to get into our schedule of the day. We're going to be recapping our Dana White Contender Series from Tuesday. Invicta, LFA, and Bellator main events from over the week. We've got our UFC 255 breakdown. Dre drop of the night. UFC Vegas 15 picks. Q&A with the Rhino Gang. And then Invicta and CFFC Vets. Lionheart Julian DeCorsi goes ten rounds with Rhino. So let's go ahead and get our swim trunks and our flippy floppies on and go ahead and dive right in. On uh, Tuesday, Dana White Contender Series is the last one we're going to have for a while. Sad, sad, sad face emoji over here. It's my favorite thing about Tuesday nights. However, we went out with uh, we started out with the 125 pound division. We had Chelsea Hackett. Versus Victoria Leonardo. This one was Chelsea Hackett came in with a lot of uh, hype around her for being a really good stand-up fighter, and Victoria Leonardo didn't care. Right, she took her down. Uh, she got the TKO in the second round from the mounted from the mount position with GMP, and Victoria got a contract moving into the 155-pound division. We had Sherard, uh Blackledge versus Tucker Lutz. Uh, lots of top position for Lutz. Uh, not a lot else happened in that one. I, you know, uh, he got the unanimous decision. He also got a contract, uh, Pauline, uh, Macias versus Gloria De Paula. This one was funny because I thought I had a great joke with it, but we'll, we'll, we'll go, we'll go past that. And then anyway, he so Pauline, no, you know what? I'm going to say it because I thought it was really funny. So it was Pauline Versus DePaula from Sao Paulo being called by Paul Felder. Okay, that was the joke that I put on Twitter and I thought it was a banger of a joke and it got like 13 likes. So I thought it was going to take off. <laughs> but uh, really good performance from uh, DePaula. She showed her stuff on the feet and she got a contract. Uh, moving into JP uh, Buys versus Jacob Sova. Jacob Sova was brought back. Um, this one was this one was a pretty scrappy fight at 125, and then in the uh, in the towards the end of the first round, we got a rear naked. I'm sorry, we got a guillotine choke submission for JP. Jacob was trying to protest that he wasn't out. It didn't look like he was out, but the referee, I believe it was uh, Goddard, I think it was Mark Goddard. He, he looked like he was out. He has to save him from himself. Make sure you know err on the side of caution when it comes to those. I know it sucks. But JP got the uh, win over Jacob Silva. Um, So, yeah, he got a contract as well. And then moving into Nick Maximoff versus Oscar Cota. Nick Maximoff was moving up from several divisions. I think he's like a part-time middleweight slash light heavy. He fought a guy like a 265-pound guy, uh, manhandled him on the ground, essentially. He wins a fight by UD, but he didn't get a contract. But Dana said he's offering him a a spot on the next season of tough, which is all. Some, which is an awesome fucking thing to get from your uh, from out of the Dana White Contender Series. You're not going to get a contract, getting a, t- a spot on tough. That's pretty outstanding. So very cool for him. I know he had to go to the hospital afterwards, but I guess uh, he's okay now. So that was our Dana White Contenders Series recap from Tuesday. And now a long hiatus from the DWCS, which bums me out. All right, moving into Bellator 253. In the co-main event, Jason Jackson, start to finish, just beat up Ben Henderson. He was better than him everywhere. Got the unanimous decision over uh, over Bendo. Uh, moving into the main event, this one was a quick one, folks. I thought it was going to be a, a really hard test for AJ McKee, which I was high on for a long, long time. Uh, he got in there against former champion Darian Caldwell, and right, almost right away, dude got what they called they called it a. Um, they called it a net crank. It was kind of a net crank. We haven't exactly seen that submission before. It was kind of like a altered or uh, you know, what do you want to say? Um uh, impromptu version of a net crank for AJ over Darian, but he got him out right away. Very cool for uh very cool for AJ McKean, moving on to the 145-pound Bellator tournament. And then a quick bonus, shout out to my man Rafiyan Superstats, uh, uh beating Kevin Lee's brother um by unanimous decision. 135-pound uh, division. You know Raphael. It's Raphael Stotts wins. We're going to shout him out. One of my favorite guests I've ever had. Rhino gang, 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 Raphael. So, let's get into the Invicta 43. Just the just the main event because the original main event, uh, Emily Ducati versus um, Ruiz got taken, got taken off the card. And It's still unclear. Uh, there was some sort of COVID something, but there was no really expansion on what the explanation was. There was a COVID Test positive, but not necessarily from one of the fighters. Maybe it was somebody their cancer kind of being secretive about it, uh, at least at this point when I'm recording. So that was taken away. So there was just Kayla Harrison coming over from the PFL, cutting down to 145 for the first time versus Courtney King. Uh, Once again, Kayla Harrison was fed somebody she had no – competition from basically courtney king got thrown around got her face smashed in by elbows on the ground she was wearing the crimson mask as we used to love to say back in the uh, 80s for pro wrestling so kayla harrison got the tko of the second round over courtney king um yeah so hopefully we can find her some hopefully they can find her some competition because i'm tired of seeing kayla harrison just run through people right uh lastly just real quick the lfa main card we had alex Pereira. Got the first round KO over Thomas Powell with a beautiful left hook over the top. Put Thomas Powell through the face plant. Big win for Alex Brejia, who is a multiple-time world champion kickboxer. Very famous for his wins over Izzy in kickboxing. So very cool uh, to see him get that big win and big drop and big KO in the first round. So that wraps up our Bellator, DWCS, Invicta, and LFA recaps. So let's go ahead and dive right into the UFC 255 prelims. First we had Lewis Koski versus Sasha Patikov. Um this one was funny because the like you know the the, the ending sequence what I'm going to go right to was Lewis Koski on the ground on all fours basically and and Sasha just standing in front of him and going back and forth with lefts and rights and left. Koski wasn't covering up, he was just getting his head smashed. I don't know what kind of defense that was. But it certainly wasn't a good one. <laughs> so, referee stops the fight. Third round uh, TKO for for Podikoff over Koski. Uh, then moving into Kyle Daukhaus versus Dustin Stolfus out of Germany. Uh, Kyle Daukas did a great job. He was. He did a really good job of trying to keep range when he could and on the feet. And then when Dustin would kind of rush him and get him up against the fence, he didn't get taken down. He took his time. He worked out of it and got back to where he was at advantageous positions. So uh, Kyle, he clearly won all three rounds to me, got the unanimous decision. All right, now let's move our way into the 170-pound division. We had longtime veteran Alan Joban versus newcomer Jared Gooden. And Jared, for being a first-timer in the UFC octagon, going against a very wily and crafty veteran like Alan Joban, put on a great performance for himself. This is one of the this is one of those fights that uh, you know could really could have gone either way um joe Ban did a great job of the one-two body kick technique and then jared did a really good job of taking it putting pressure forward landing his own shots he had a couple really nice knees but he was mostly uh his jab and double jab was doing a great job alan joe Ban does get the unanimous decision but i thought jared did a phenomenal job particularly for his debut i actually asked a question about that on this week's uh so stay tuned for that but yeah yeah, great job by Jared uh, Jared Gooden and Alan Joban in the 170-pound division. Great fight. Uh, moving into also 170-pound, we had Nicholas Dalby versus Daniel Rodriguez. For me, this was clearly Rodriguez won rounds one and two. He was landing harder. He was landing more frequently. He backed Dalby up. Dalby, I thought, won the third round. I thought his pressure, his landing, his everything was enough to win the third. Somehow, the judges gave the uh gave the match to dolby even though i only had it winning. again even though that rodriguez outstruck dolby 80 to 56 if you land nearly 30 more punches over just a three-round fight unless there's a lot of massive takedowns and and top control you're probably going to win not the case last night again i thought daniel won they gave to nicholas not a robbery but eh, not the right call on my end right all right moving into anton antonina shevchenko versus Ariana Lipsky at 125 pounds. This one was a tale of uh, Antonia had completely revamped her game, dude. She is known as a Muay Thai striker, supreme, right? Um she got she got Ariana down a bunch of times and really had good ground control, some nice G some nice elbows. And then um in the second round wasn't wasn't gonna be denied. It got the TKO from top, really good ground and pound, really nice evolution in her game coming from just pretty much a Muay Thai fighter to uh, being able to have great top control over a good Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner and being able to do a good job and get the win. So Antonina gets a good win uh, against Ariana Lipsky last night. Then we're going to move our way into uh, Joaquin Buckley coming off of his possible KO of the year uh, in his last fight against Ipa Kasangade versus Jordan Wright, the Beverly Hills Ninja. Um, in the first round, not a whole lot happened for the most of the first. And then, <laughs> and then at the very end of the first, uh, Buckley really hurt Jordan Wright uh, with, a, with a beautiful combination. And then as soon as the second round started, I think you only had to throw like four or five punches, and Buckley dropped Jordan to the mat. Out. Beautiful win for Joaquin Buckley again. That's two, uh, you know, dynamic stoppages in his last two fights fantastic job for this kid can't wait to see what happens for him next it looks like it might be james kraus because those two are doing a whole lot of squawking on social media but we'll see what's next for him so hopefully that uh brandon moreno and brandon royval was next everybody was looking forward to this fight dude between how talented they both are they they are both so scrappy. Um, this one I was expecting to be fireworks. It started out that way. Lots of strikes, lots of great scrambles. And then unfortunately, towards the end of the first, Brandon Royval, uh, during a scramble or during a, you know, during a grappling exchange, his shoulder popped out dude the poor guy was screaming Uh, the referee had to stop the fight I think it was just a second or two left and then that was it that was a TKO and then his coach came in and popped it back in And so hopefully he'll be okay hopefully that's not something that uh, plagues him throughout the rest of his career but first round TKO for uh, Brandon Moreno off of the injury TKO to Brandon Royval so that was concluding to our prelims so let's go ahead and get into our main card we had Shogun Hua versus Paul Craig and uh, Shogun did a good job in the first round, but in the second, Paul Craig got his back, got on top, rained down punches. Shogun was beat up, couldn't get him off his back. No choice for the referee to stop it. TKO round two for Paul Craig. Uh, moving into the 125 pound division, Caitlin Chukagian versus Cynthia Calvillo. This was really clear cut, Caitlin, all day. I didn't think it was the most exciting fight I've ever seen in life, but uh, Caitlin Chukagian comes back from getting brutalized by Andraj. In her last fight, it gets a big win over a top contender in Calvillo. I think Calvillo drops way down the line. Um, But we got a great question about Caitlin later in the show. So Caitlin Chukagian, once again, gets the unanimous decision. And then moving into the one, and I kind of went quickly over those because I really wanted to get to this (laughs) So Platinum, Mike Perry, with all of his bullshit, uh, weighed in five pounds over at 175. Going against Tim, the Dirty Bird means... This one was, I I love this fight. Okay, yeah, the first round, Mike Perry uh, got the takedown, was really hunting for the rear naked choke. Tim Means did a good job of, well, just basically avoiding it, you know what I mean, doing a good job of fighting hands. And then they got into the second round, and Tim Means pretty much lit Mike Perry up, Uh, did a great job. Beautiful jabs, right? Means defended well from Mike Perry's big, hard-winging shots. And Tim was throwing a lot of jabs down the pipe, some nice kicks. Tim Means gets a clear cut. You name his decision. I, I listened to Dana White's post-fight presser. And he said the third round could have gone either way. I, I did not see it that way at all. I thought Mike Perry clearly won the first. I thought Tim Means clearly won the second and then clearly won the third. So Tim Means, you did the right thing last night. You oh man, you beat up Mike Perry and gosh, that's a lovely, lovely sight to see. So big up to you, Dirty Bird. Uh moving into the co-main event which probably should have been the main event Valentina Shevchenko versus Jennifer Maya and you know what is this one with the distance D-rains, let's go ahead and give Drea a call now and we'll break down the co-main event because the main event was so fast <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got future player Andrea joining us. What well, we're going to do it real quick, we're going to go out of order because the figurino versus Alex Perez fight was so fast, it was a quick submission, guillotine choke, and just 90 seconds into round one. Uh, I'm sorry, I had 158 into round one uh, for, for Figgy over Alex Perez. Blitzkrieged him, that was it. Not much to talk about, but the Valentina Shevchenko 125-pound flyweight belt versus uh, contestant versus Jennifer Maya, there are actually some things to talk about. So, Future Play, Andrea, I will go ahead and give you the reins for the your thoughts on the Valentina fight versus Jennifer Maya first.
1: I was completely surprised, to be honest, at how well Jennifer Maya actually did in this fight. I thought it was going to be a completely one-sided show uh, for Shevchenko, but Jennifer Maya showed up. Um, you know, she did well. I did give her one round <laughs> um but even so through um through the entire fight she was she was holding her own. so i definitely um you know want to give her her props for that i wasn't expecting it and i know going into that fight shevchenko was like a um uh, favored like i think it was like 2500 or something like that and (laughs) as the fight went on i think when it went into the third round she was only um favored like a 500 so i'm like wow this it really it really changed and it, it really surprised me so i think um i think we we underestimated jennifer maya a bit But what are your thoughts?
0: I think this goes on to support my ever-growing theory that you are starting to develop a gambling problem. because. But I don't actually (laughs) gamble.
1: I just look at the odds to do my picks.
0: (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, Yeah, Valentina Shevchenko I thought was going to be able to stay on the feet, pick her apart, and get her out of there in two or three rounds. Not the case. Jennifer Maya showed how tough she was, had a good game plan. Yes, when they were on the feet, Valentina absolutely was better. But then Valentina was the one who was initiating the takedowns. But she had some beautiful, you know, slams and throws and trips mm-hmm. and takedowns. And when she was on top, did a good job. However, Jennifer did a good job of neutralizing a lot of the striking from the top position of Valentina. So yeah, give Jennifer Meyer her due. It didn't seem like she was really like at any point of ever winning the fight but it no. seemed like she was definitely game to be in there and compete. So another, another win for Valentina, but this was not an easy win. And uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think Jennifer Maya should slide too far down the, uh, the, the rankings poll. I don't think because Valentina is so dominant so often and Jennifer hung in there for all five rounds. So that's a big feather in her cap. I, I appreciate the effort she put out there, but Valentina Valentina dude. So, Gee, I don't see her giving up her title anytime soon to anybody. So, big win for yeah. her. Another another, uh, another defense for Valentina Shevchenko. Obviously, Figgy defended his belt again in a much quicker fight. So, let's go ahead and move into our UFC. Before we do that, the world-famous Drea's Drop of the Night is on tap. What did you pick from <laughs> last night's Drea's Drop of the Night? Teach playing Drea.
1: Drea's drop of the night goes to Joaquin Buckley once again. Uh, And last night's about... um Joaquin he nearly put Jordan Wright out at the end of the first round but he was basically saved by the bell Um, and when he came back out into the second I don't think he wasn't completely clear headed yet and Buckley just connected with this left hook and then a right that dropped right uh, to the ground and it was immediately um, it was immediately stopped so um, you know Buckley came into this fight with something to prove he had like a little chip on his shoulder it looked like because there were a lot of haters out there saying you know that his last KO was a fluke and he's not going to be able to do it again and you know all that um but he came in and I think he shut everyone up Joaquin Buckley uh I think he's going to be a problem in the middleweight division to be honest so congrats to you Buckley you are my first two-time joyous Drop of the Night um recipient so I yeah two times like a, time, like a drains drop champ champ over here <laughs>
0: <laughs> you fight two times and those two times you get
1: you get drains drop the, the night, night. <laughs> that's
0: pretty no. doggone good man good on him and uh, yeah once you brought this up on uh on twitter as well like does this is this so, like it show you how good Kevin Holland is, because Kevin Holland kind of ran through him. Yes and no. Kevin Holland hey, is really, really good. I'm excited to see what's next for him. But Buckley mm-hmm. took that on super short notice. So wow. I know Buckley full camp is a fucking problem. Like, a freaking really, beast. Oh, yeah. I really look forward to seeing what's next for this kid. So fantastic. Drop of the night again for this week. So let's go ahead and get into our UFC Vegas fight night. 15 main card picks. And I will go ahead and get us jumped off with okay. Spike Carlisle beating Bill Aligo by unanimous decision. What about you?
1: I'm taking Spike Carlisle as well. Um, hoping he doesn't come in throwing everything that he has in the first round and gas out like he did in his last fight. But I think he may have learned from that. So I'm actually going to take Spike with a TKO in the second.
0: TKO2 for Spike Feach player, Jay. All right, I got my fellow Michiganiac heavyweight Josh Parisian going against Parker Porter. I've got jumped by TKO2 via ground and pound. Going extra, extra specific this week, Drea. ground and pound for josh parisian what about
1: you i'm taking josh uh parisian as well uh, but i'm taking a unanimous decision i think it's going to go the the distance
0: all righty moving into 170 pound division we got miguel baeza versus Takashi sato i got baeza winning by unanimous decision but it's going to be close but i got baeza what about you
1: I actually am taking Sato um, with a split decision. (laughs) I think it's going to be a a freaking barn burner. I think it's going to be a good one, um, but I'm taking Sato with a split decision.
0: Those of us like myself who are big fans of the Karate Kid 2 cannot see the name Sato and not think about Sato. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Every time I see the dude, I think about Karate Kid, too. I, I love that movie so much growing up. Yeah. I am the man who will fight for your honor. Hell I yeah. I love all of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving into 205 with Anthony Smith. Oh, I got Anthony Smith beating Devin Clark via TKO in the second. What about you?
1: I am taking Anthony Smith, uh, but I am taking a TKO in the third.
0: All oh, right, so very close. I and hope the- he needs a win. No, yeah, he's certainly he certainly does. does. <laughs> oh, my
1: God. <laughs> I've like that. always been this Anthony Smith fan and all oh, his life. Love- couple fights, I've just been like, come on, dude, you got to do
0: something. <laughs> he really does. Uh, then we got the very exciting uh, Rafael Fiziev versus Kenato Moicano. I got Fiziev toying with Moicano. I think he's going to be uh, two two steps ahead the entire time and then finally finish Moicano in the third round with a clean KO. A possible future Drea's drop of the night, but I got Fiziev beating Moicano. Third round KO. What say you? Wow,
1: I have the exact same. <laughs> exact same as you. Third round chaos.
0: <clears throat> All righty, moving to our main event. We got the big boys, the heavyweights, Curtis Razor Blaze versus Derek. My balls was hot, Lewis. We got uh I think this is gonna be not the most exciting fight in the world, Jay. I gotta be honest with you. I think yeah. Curtis Blades is going to do a lot of pressing Derek up against the cage and doing inside knees, inside elbows, a little dirty boxing, and it's gonna be a lot of control. Um, he'll have some takedowns as well, but I think Derek Lewis, when he gets on the feet, will be dangerous and will throw those that huge leather that he does mm-hmm. throw. But I think Blades is gonna be able to avoid it, kind of make it a more methodical grinding type of a fight. So I've got Curtis Blades getting a 50 to 45 unanimous decision (laughs) over Derek Hotballs. Lewis, what's your take on
1: it? Very specific, sir. Um, I I am taking Curtis Blades as well. I pretty much have the same thoughts. I was just thinking, not that this is going to be a boring fight, but I just think it's going to be a long kind of grind each other out kind of fight. And um, I'm taking Curtis Blades with a unanimous decision.
0: Now if you notice I did not say boring, I just said no. not it's the most exciting. I, I, just, I shouldn't <laughs>
1: say that. I shouldn't say boring, but I just I mean some some heavyweights to me I love and then and some heavyweight fights I just feel like are gonna I yeah it's not gonna be boring style. it's gonna be less exciting.
0: <laughs> this is um, one of those styles it's got a definite stand-up guy who wants to throw bombs and another guy who's really good at uh, cage control and top control. So again, mm-hmm. you, you never know. Derek Lewis may be able to throw that heater and 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 knock it's it's possible, possible. But I, mean, yeah, I don't see I do. it going that way. You know. I don't, um I- Yeah. Right. So so the CSWR crew is is together on this one. So yeah. let's move into our Twitter questions. I know the first one comes from our homie down in Texas, the new dad Scott Nolan. What do you got for us, Scott?
1: All right, Scott. What is a typical? <laughs> I'm thing- I, I, sorry. I was had to pull up my questions. Uh, Scott asked. I love it. What is a typical Thanksgiving look like um, in the Casa de Rhino, Andrea? How will this year be different? Um, what are y'all's? Sorry, <laughs> that threw me off saying that word. Um, what are y'all's? <laughs> <laughs> Uh must-have food dishes and why do we have to have the Texans versus the Lions? Love you. Guys. Oh, that's so funny. A- <laughs> <laughs> Hope you enjoy the weekend um and stay in touch.
0: Uh thank you, Scott. Dude, yeah, basically Thanksgiving is normally I go back to my parents' house uh outside of Detroit. My sisters who live on two opposite ends of the country and their families come in and then uh uh you know we do it up. We do it up like most people do. We do it up a big, a big uh a big dinner and i am very partial to so i most of you i think know i've been keto for like five months right so mm-hmm. i am very partial to anything non-keto when it comes to thanksgiving food so <laughs> i'm a huge stuffing fan and i'm a huge mashed potatoes fan uh those are probably my two most favorite things about thanksgiving how's it gonna be different this year we're not doing it that's how it's gonna be different we're not doing it at all no thanksgiving i'm gonna be here at my house you know just probably looking at other people's fleets of their beautiful Thanksgivings, but not me, dude. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to see anybody. I want to have it just be, let's, Let's move forward. You know, I got to see my parents the other day. We did a little outside, socially distance picnic. That's kind of our Thanksgiving for this year. So I don't know why we have to have the Texans and the Lions, but the Lions actually have a shot against the Texans if they play or when they play. So I'm actually okay with it. Uh, yeah, I'm totally okay with you? that as well. Yeah, me
1: too. <laughs> um, for me. Uh- Things are, have been a little bit different um, since last year. I lost my mom. So at Thanksgiving was always at my mom's house. Um, but this year, um, I will be cooking at my house, having a whole lot of people over. Um, but me and the kids, and my sister's going to come over, and uh, two of my nephews. So it won't be, you know. Too many people in the house. I think I'm okay with having just a few people over, um, you know, to not worry about that risk factor. But uh, uh, yeah, my, oh, and of course the famous dishes that I w- have to have for Thanksgiving. Green bean casserole is like my number one thing that I completely love for Thanksgiving because it's like the one time a year kind of thing that I, that I, when I get it. Um, and like you said, mashed potatoes and gravy are like my shit. So, um, I will be having a ton of mashed potatoes and gravy with my freshly made dinner rolls and green bean casserole. And of course, turkey, but uh, (laughs) those are my, my two main things. Like I will literally have a little bit of Turkey, and like half of my plate is mashed potatoes and gravy and minerals. <laughs> like, the funny thing is, is that
0: I, I hate, I hate gravy. I hate every are gravy. You I, yes, I, hate gravy. I always have. I don't like it. What I do is, and I know, I know I'm not alone. Okay. So I don't want to be attacked.
1: No, I'm no, not you're alone not.
0: Because I put the cranberry on top of the turkey and I eat it like that. So oh, it, gotcha. it, it, that's, that's how I've always done That's how I like to do it. So yes, that's for me. I'm not a and big yeah. fan
1: of other gravies like brown gravy and um, chicken gravy. I don't really care for. But turkey gravy, and I make it homemade. I don't buy like the canned stuff or the jar, um, but I make it from that, you know, from the turkey broth. And oh, it's like I could eat it literally. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: so good. So, once again, you're not on opposite <laughs> ends of the hill. I'm just, yeah. Uh, Scott, thank you so much, dude. Thank you so much for that question, brother. Uh, and happy I,
1: Thanksgiving to you. Enjoy your, to you.
0: Absolutely. your first
1: Thanksgiving with your baby girl.
0: Absolutely. Very, very cool. All righty, so let's move into our next question, which comes from the big homie up in Canada, Rage and Sweet Potato. What do you got this week, R.S.P.?
1: Rhino, could you talk a little about the difference between boxing and MMA when it comes to how fouls are dealt with?
0: Yeah, dude, um, <laughs> it's really different. <laughs> the, uh, the thing with boxing is when a foul happens, it's usually... Like if it's gnarly enough to where that you know there's like a wincing or a pullback or something like that, the referee will step in and literally be like, "Hey, don't do that. Go." <laughs> and then he write back, you right <laughs> back. MMA has a lot more room for different fouls, though, right? Because there's so many more techniques that are thrown. There's there's a whole lot more nut shots. There's a whole lot more um, infractions that happen in MMA. So basically, the biggest difference is that. In boxing, and this is not just in my personal experience, but from what I've watched over the 30-plus years I've been watching it, they want to get back to the action much faster, right? It, it really goes with almost like an on-the-fly warning, and then go, as opposed to MMA, which has a stop, an explanation, a time given for you know recuperation. That happens far more often. I've seen it happen in boxing, of course, uh, but for the most part, really, MMA is far more... Um, Let's take care of the person. Let's give them time to go. Let's explain to the other person what they did wrong. It's not that, like, the majority of the time. It's like, oh, you but Hey, watch your head. Go. You know what I mean? Oh, you hit him low. Is he standing? All right, Go. You know, it's 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 much more like that. At least that's been my experience. Um, so yeah, dude, that's the that's the biggest difference between the two that I, that I know of. So RSB, thank you so much, my dear friend. Uh, great question, dude. All righty, moving to number three, we got Mr. B, great friend of the show, big supporter, and my homie. What do you got, Mr. B?
1: Mr. B asks, after her performance last night, what do you guys think uh, is next for Caitlyn Chukavian?
0: So for Caitlin, I'm going to go with Lauren Murphy. And here's what.
1: Oh, that's both. exactly what I was thinking.
0: <laughs> oh, good. Okay. So,
1: yeah, I was thinking the same. I'm
0: sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dre.
1: No, it's fine. I was just saying I was thinking the exact same thing. So there's really no room for her to go up at this point right now because both people above her she's lost to, but I'd like to give Lauren Murphy a try with her.
0: Yeah. Both are coming off wins. Both are top five. Um, you know, assuming that Andrade is going to get the next shot at Valentina, and she just went through Caitlyn Jukagin. I think this makes all the sense in the world, right? So Caitlyn and Lauren Murphy should be next, and then the winner of that is the winner of whoever Valentina's next shot should be Andrade, right? So let's Mm -hmm. just say Andrade fights a bullet, and then the winner of that should get the winner of Caitlin and Lauren Murphy for the belt. That's the way I see that one going. Mm-hmm. So Mr. B, great question. I see Drea cosigns, which is always yes, a nice right. little bonus. Um, awesome. So, Mr. B, thank you very much. Teacher play Drea, we had your we had your helpful in a breakdown of our co-made event, which should have been the main event. We had we had your <laughs> your famous Drea's drop of the night with the first ever champ champ for Drea's drop of the night title. We had your Twitter questions. So you, my dear, have finished your obligations to our show for this weekend. <laughs> I am so glad to have you back on, as I always love to say. Thank you so much for joining us again this week, and we will talk to you soon.
1: All right. See you next week.
0: All righty, Rhino right, okay, Gale. Let's go ahead and get into our voice questions. And our first one comes from my dear friend Gina from The Wall When Shots Fired. Gina, what do you got for us this week, my friend?
1: Hey, hey, Rhino, this is Jess Gina MMA and her four billionth account. I am exhausted, but yes, Gina from the WoCast or whatever you want to call me. Listen, last night I thought Daniel Rodriguez did enough to win last night, and I was kind of surprised that Nicholas Dalby pulled off the, the win. It was a close fight, but remember when Daniel Rodriguez went into his corner after the first round, his coaches told him to be first, to move forward and to go for the takedown and to mix things up. And that's exactly what he did. And I thought he did enough to win the fight. What are your thoughts? Who do you think was the winner? And did the judges get this right? I'm baffled by this decision, but uh, what are your thoughts? Love the show. Love you and keep up the good work on.
0: All right. Oh, uh, Gina, I absolutely agree. I had Rodriguez winning rounds one and two of that fight. I thought his striking was far cleaner and more effective. He outlanded Dolby by nearly 30 strikes for the fight. I gave Dolby the third round, dude. I thought he did enough to win the third, but clearly Rodriguez should have won rounds one and two. I know that's how a lot of people also on MMA Twitter saw it. They saw, you know, they saw that, Rodriguez should have won the fight. Not what happened. I'm hesitant to use the word robbery because I thought it was close enough to where it's not really warranted as a robbery, but you're tap dancing on that line, right? So, yeah, I agree with you. It should have been Rodriguez uh, at least winning two rounds to one over Dolby. But what are you going to do? I think they're both good fighters. I think they'll both be around uh, in their division for for a while. So good on, uh, good on you. Great question. If you guys haven't already, absolutely check it out the woke ass and shots fired with G Mike Chisang, and Kairos. They are awesome. Absolutely recommend them. So thank you so much, Gina. Love you. All right. Let's move into my homie, Dave Fretz at Dave Fretz on Twitter and Instagram. What do you got
2: for us this week, Dave? Hey, what's up Rhino? This is Dave Fretz at Dave Fretz on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, fantastic card last night. Really, really enjoyed that. It was funny how, uh, Uh, people were not happy beforehand with the card and uh, to be really honest with you I don't understand that there even on paper to me the prelims even looked really lit uh, and it certainly delivered Um, fun having both Shevchenko's on the card Uh, gotta be really difficult for Antonina um, to try and perform alongside her sister but Man, last night she did uh, fantastic. Really caught me off guard going to the ground the way she did. And she looked really good. Um, it was controlled. Uh I mean there's holes there, but wow, impressive. Uh, what do you got next for? Her? Talk to you soon, man. Peace.
0: Oh, this is a great question, bro. Uh next for Antonia has got to be the for me. I want the winner. Of Andrea Lee versus Jillian Robertson, dude. I think that makes the most sense. They're both ranked above her. They'll both be coming off wins. Whoever it is, whether it's Lee or Jillian, they fight. They fight next month uh, in December. I think that's a great matchup for either one. With Jillian, you got somebody who's really going to look to take her down, and then we can really kind of see another test of her ground skills, how much they progress. And if it's Andrea Lee, it should be a stand up bang with a lot, stand up and bang with a lot of uh, clinch work and knees, which leads right into her muay thai. So I think either one of those is a very interesting and intriguing matchup. Uh, 125 has a lot of fights coming up, right? So it's going to be a while before the smoke clears on that division. However, again, Andrea Lee versus Jillian Robertson, whoever wins that, who I'd like to see next for uh, Antonina Shevchenko, great question my dude, if you guys haven't already, absolutely check out my man Dave Fretz at Dave Fretz on Twitter and Instagram, the dude is the Einstein of graphic design, he puts together the most fire posters, shoes, hats whatever you can think of that can be applied to graphic design this guy can do it and do it well, my man Dave Fretz thank you so much my dude, and great man fucking fire poster once again this week for Jillian Leinhart of course see. Thank you, my friend. Alrighty. I know my third one comes from my homie, Doc. Doc, what do you got for us this week, brother? Hey, Rhino. It's your boy, Doc. I just wanted to say congratulations on your 50th episode. Kudos to you and your team, the 3Ds that help you put this show together and put it out for all of us. Uh, to the Rhino gang, just wanted to say, take some time and give a rating give a like give five stars whatever you need to do to help the show reach a bigger audience um because this is some really good stuff that we get to listen to every week my question for you is what fighter stands out for having a glaring weakness but still became a champion while doing nothing to address those weaknesses oh thanks man thanks for the shout outs right there dude um, but to answer your question, two that jump off the page immediately that's Ronda Rousey and Brock Lesnar. Ronda, obviously, phenomenal judoka, obviously was good at the, getting the arm bar from lots of different positions. But once she was on the feet, very rudimentary, was really exposed by both Holly and by Amanda the Linus, uh, Nunez. And then Brock, kind of same deal. If he got you down, he was such a strong wrestler, such a strong person, he could hold you down and ground and pound you out. Um, but when he got to the feet, he was not good. And Kane Velasquez absolutely showed that as did Alistair Overeem. So uh, again, it's both Ronda and Brock that really were the ones who were champions, who really never, you know, got the other parts of the game developed enough to maintain their championship levels. So great question, my friend. Doc, thank you so much for the shout out. righty, Before we get into the interview with Jillian DeCoursey, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Hey, Rhino Gang, are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom? Or an end table for the family room? Well, look no further than my good friends at K&R Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, Any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, kandrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check, they accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhino's proud sponsor. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a special treat for you today. Joining the Rhino Gang, going 10 rounds with Rhino, Invicta and CFFC Adam weight veteran, the Lionheart, Jillian DeCorsi, Jillian, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank
3: you so much for having me.
0: Oh, I am super duper stoked! I've been watching you for a long time. Really glad to have you on. So, Jillian, first question, round one of ten rounds: Where, why, and how did you get into this crazy sport that we know as mixed <laughs> martial arts?
3: Um, honestly, it just kind—it it really just kind of happened. Um, I was a uh, college basketball player, was an athlete like my entire life. Um, and then when I was done, in, done playing basketball, I was playing, like, on some cup club leagues after college. And, um, you know, my fiance at the time, like, he wanted to start training. So I was like, all right, we'll start. We started training, like, jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai. Um, got really into jiu-jitsu for a while. I was doing a lot of tournaments. Um, and then we were just messing around at the gym one day, kind of like MMA sparring or uh, something like that, uh, just being a bunch of idiots. And uh, then my, coach was, <laughs> my coach was like, hey, do you want to do a fight? yeah sure it sounds kind of cool and then it just kind of took off from there um i would have never imagined when i started training that this is where i'd be now it was just kind of something something to do at the time
0: (laughs) that's why we ask this question that's why i always ask this question to the fighters because it's always different it's always such a cool and interesting uh, reason for why where and how we uh we all got into the sport so very very cool as um as as we all do before we turn professional, you have to have a long career in the Amys, unless your name yep. is C, unless your name is CM Punk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you you had a very impressive nine and one. Now at six plus into your pro career, what do you think you have improved on the most? Well, of course you've improved on anything, everything. Right. But what do you think you've improved on the most from that time through this uh, through this pro journey of yours?
3: Yep. Um. I would say my my striking. Um. Because everybody knows me as like a you know jujitsu fighter, a grappler. Um, and that's always been my base, um, since I was an amateur, but I, I, really didn't start actually training my striking until, um, really into my pro career. Um, my first, I would say like the first, first good portion of my, um, amateur fights, I literally was like making up my striking, um, just kind of going, right.
2: out, <laughs>
3: throwing stuff and, you know, getting into the cage and just, just working my, my grappling and, you know, it worked for, for a long period of time, but. You know, eventually you got to grow and evolve. Um, so then, once I turned pro, I, I've been, you know, focusing so much on my on my striking and and just trying to get that up to par. Um, so people don't just see me as a grappler.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you've been doing that at your gym, Long Island MMA, where both fighters and coaches, MMA fans are going to be familiar with some of these names for sure. You're talking about. <laughs> Brian Kelleher, Chris Wade, Dennis Bermudez, Marcos Galvao. I mean, you've got some killers, not only in there to train with, but as that are coaches. How did you get hooked up with that gym?
3: Um, Well, I was at uh, the gym I first started training at um, and I did all my amateur fights and my first pro fight out of. Um, It was more like a jujitsu base. And, you know, just got to a point where it was like, all right, you know, I got to make some changes. Um, I had cross trained a little bit at Long Island MMA, um, while I was an amateur, like I had, you know, showed up to some of their pro classes and, and trained with some of the girls. And then it was just kind of like, I went in when I was looking for a new spot and it just, it just fell into place and it just felt like the right fit.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Now I know, I know that's in Long Island, but, uh, you grew up in New York. I know that, but, um, did you come up in the Long Island area, or were you from a different borough?
3: Nope, um, I was born and raised in Queens. I actually only moved out to Long Island um, a few years ago.
0: Oh, okay. And while you were growing up, I know you said you were you were a basketball player. Were there any other sports that you were really uh, had a liking for, or was it pretty well focused on basketball?
3: Um, well, through college, it was just it was just basketball. Um, but in high school, I played. Um, I was captain of the volleyball team, captain of the basketball team. Um and then growing up, I also played soccer and softball.
0: so you're breaking you're breaking all <laughs> preconceived notions of a five foot two human being volleyball and basketball yeah on, on both courts, I don't care if I'm five two I'm running the show <laughs> on these two sports that's super badass
3: one hundred percent used to I used to try and do all the crazy stuff too but like, uh, i'm I'm the little one on the team. I'm still gonna try and spike
0: the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still gonna set a high pick and roll for somebody yep. on the center. I don't care. <laughs> I'm gonna do what I do. Um, yeah. So obviously, I and I watched I watched several of your fights. Uh, obviously, in in research for this interview, but also just because I've, I'm a fan of Invicta, so I've absolutely seen you fight before. Um, I, we talked about your base being your grappling, but I have seen definitely an improvement in your striking. Are some of those techniques that you're working on now? Um, you were what you're hoping to implement in your next fight.
3: Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, because I, you know, I know, I know, going in, but my, um, you know, and, and even the girls that I fight that are, are grapplers, they they don't want to go to the ground. So, you know, it's definitely something that where it's like, hey, I gotta, I gotta forget about my grappling, and you know, I got hands, um, make that take. Easy. <laughs> Make it an easy night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd love to hear the origin story of that very cool nickname, Lionheart. Dude. Where does that come from? What's the story behind it?
3: Um, yep, that actually comes from my first coach. Um, he like we, we went through like a phase where it was just like ridiculous nickname after ridiculous nickname. And then finally, um, you know, he had been watching one of the the uh, the old Van Damme movies and he was like that's it there you go and uh I hadn't seen any of the movies or anything so I didn't really know what it was coming from and then I you know he, he gave me a specific scene to watch and pretty much he's just like getting his his like butt kicked and like not giving up and just keep fighting keep coming back and I was like all right I get it I, I dig it, we can go <laughs> <with> it.
0: <laughs> that's awesome um so obviously you're training a ton right now what are yeah experience? my uh
3: Ryan LaFlair Yep. Uh okay, oh no, I was go just ahead. gonna say Ryan, Ryan Yeah, Ryan Lafleur at uh over at Long Island MMA keeps trying to change it to Jilly Bean though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that one's not flying too far though.
0: No, my uh my, one of my roommates <laughs> in college, her name was Jill who we called her Jilly Bean, so I don't think that's the right fit for you. I like no. Lionheart better, for sure.
3: <laughs> yeah, but that's what everybody did. That's what they throw around the gym all the time. I'm like, ah, uh-huh, Bean.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's like cute. You know, that's like cute. That's what you want to say to like your friend. You know what I mean? But not just yeah. What you want to impose your your name being for the cage? So uh, obviously you're right. training a lot, right? Obviously you're training a lot right now. Um, what are some of the bands or songs? that are getting heavy rotation on your playlist right now?
3: Um, I mean, I'm pretty easy going when it comes to music. Um, actually, uh, my last couple of fights, well, actually the last two wasn't too bad. Uh, but before that I was doing a lot of like, uh, imagine dragons were actually a lot of my, uh, walkout songs. Um, oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting choices for, uh, walkout songs, but, uh, <laughs> they, they worked for, uh, the mood. Um, but it, just I just like kind of circle through the the hits and like whatever kind of catches my attention at the time. I'm not a uh, super picky. I
0: got gotcha. you. um so we're gonna switch gears a little bit for this next question, yeah. Julian. so <clears throat> I have been a a long time super advocate for an atomweight division being added to the UFC. I think that the the talent it's a talent rich division with tons of very good fighters. you have the you have amazing feeder organizations that right. can lead into it. Do you think that we could possibly see? Just you have this inside look that I don't. Do you think that this is a possibility for maybe the next couple years to see in the biggest promotion that there is in mixed martial arts is an atom weight division?
3: Um, you know, I I think it definitely is a possibility, um, but it's just, it's just, you know, when. Right, and if it makes sense for them to do it, Um, us as fighters, the atom weights, we know it makes sense. Um, We know the talent pool. We know, you know, the girls that are gonna bring it, and and you know, you even see so many of the atom weights just kind of forcing themselves to move up to to straw weight just so that they can, you know, potentially get that opportunity. That's it's a hard jump to make because just body frame wise, you know, atom weights are like it's like a different speed. Everybody's like, oh, it's only like a 10 pound difference. Yeah, but it's just, it, it's body frame, like so many, many factors kind of go into play. Um, and then the, those Invicta cards, you really get to see the difference um, because you're just, you know, pa- packed with female fighters. And, you know, right off the bat, you can, you can note you know, who the atom weights are. Sure. Star um, weights, whites, you know, bantam weights, everybody else kind of like mixes in together. And there's like, you know, like, it's like, you're like, oh, I can't, you know, you can't really notice. But atom weights, right off the bat, you know. Um, so, you know, it's kind of not fair that, hey, so many of them are forced to jump up to, to straw weight just to try and get that opportunity. I think it does make sense for them to make it. Um, but you know, just with some of the changes that they've made with some of the, the divisions, it's like, hmm, are they actually going to do it? I'm not, I'm not sure. So right.
0: <laughs> right. That's, that's my <laughs> thinking as well. Uh, yeah. So thank you for letting us know on that. You know, I, I, I really hold out hope and I know a lot yeah. of MMA fans do that we can see 105. And if you guys out there in the Rhino gang, if you have not seen, Adam White Fighters, go at it. Check out Invicta or any other promotion where you have them. It is a blur of, fi- of fish <laughs> and kicks and high-level transitions. It is awesome. Super-duper talent is absolutely a part of that. So, okay, moving into round nine. We are we are cruising our way through. Round nine is my mandatory food question. You are a native New Yorker. New York has some of the best food in the episode, in the, total, in the <laughs> world. What of the quintessential New York foods is your favorite when you're allowed to indulge in kind of whatever you want to have?
3: Pizza. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> like good New York pizza.
0: So, pizza in New York is typically a thin crust. <laughs> so that's what I'm assuming we're talking about. Yep. And when shout yeah, out your favorite. That
3: thin crust, typical New York slice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> shout out your favorite place to get it.
3: Oh, man. Uh, anywhere that's good. Oh, okay. So there's a multitude. <laughs> I don't. Of yeah, I don't. Yeah, pretty. Much, I mean, it, it, when you get like, but we're we're spoiled here. So like, you know, you get you bring somebody not from New York to like a, a shop that we think is like, oh, that place is that place is garbage, and they're like, oh, this is good. But you know, we're we're kind of spoiled. Because so, we get good pizza. <laughs> yeah,
0: bagels, bagels, pizza, and hot dogs. I think are the yep. essential New York staples <laughs> that are uh, ahead of most other places. That's for doggone sure. So, Jillian. We have careened our way into the 10th round with Rhino, the the last round that there is. We want our fans of my show to become fans of you and the show that you bring. So, please, tell us where we can all follow you so we can follow your career, check out your next fights, and and, and get to know you on a different level. What are your socials? Where can we follow you at?
3: Yep. So, you can... Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Lionheart Jill. Um on Facebook since Facebook is such a wonderful platform and likes to keep shutting down my fighter page oh, no. that no longer exists, but you can follow page um at Julian DeCourcy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. So we've got IG, we got we got Twitter all taken care of. So yes, Rhino Gang, let's absolutely follow Julian DeCourcy. She is going to make a lot of waves, a lot of noise. We're all gonna be hearing about her more. Come on, Dane. let's give Invicta Let's give Invicta a call and say let's bring those ladies from 105 into our promotion as well. Let's get the Adam's Way the shine they deserve. Jillian, thank you so much for joining us today. We can't wait to talk to you again after your next fight. We would love to have you on again.
3: Yes, absolutely, and hopefully that's sometime soon.
0: I hope so too. All righty, we'll talk to you soon, my friend.
3: Thank you so much for having me. This is Jillian Lionheart-Decorsi, and I just went 10 rounds with Rhino.
0: Man, Lionheart Jillian DeCorsi, dude. I've absolutely seen her fight before. Very, very tough fighter. Very cool person to get to know and talk to you. She couldn't have been nicer. Uh, definitely big ups to her. Can't wait to see what's next for Jillian. So thank you very much for joining us this week, my friend. All right, let's move into our shout-outs and our outro. Thank you so much to the participants of the forum this week. Scott Nolan, OSP, the homie Mr. B from New York, Gina from the Shots Fired and Wocast Pods, Dave Fretz, at Dave Fretz, both on Twitter and Instagram, my homie Doc. Definitely want to give shout-out to the Rhino Gang, Brat, MMA, all the homies of the MCCI, APB, Pokemama, Miss Fight Diva, the homie D-Crons, Marquise from Weak Sauce Radio, my man writes the best articles about boxing. Absolutely check them out if you are a boxing fan. My girl, Lanta Brown, my homie Angel sin city sarah the ladies of the tko the homie unsolicited ashley the Jim jimma fucking casuals <laughs> the homie makes demand. man thank you guys everybody we've gotten through 50 fucking shows if you can believe it couldn't have done it without drea d reigns dave frets the triple d that is the backbone of this show Thank you guys so much for being on us with this journey. Let's look forward to the next 50 and the 50 after that and after that and so on and so forth. Let's be kind to each other. Black Lives Matter, and we will see you next week, K Side!